For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We've got a midweek edition of Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We appreciate you streaming in right off the top. You got Mac and Mac, John McMahon, and Jody McDonald here. We hang with you. Uh, we got two hours of bird talk coming your way, including our buddy Chris Franklin from NJ.com, who is scheduled to join us in hour number two of today's program. Uh, Johnny Mac, I did go to your uh, SI site. I'm sorry that I missed it. Dan Cilio yesterday had Frank Reich here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And apparently Frank is like lost at sea without Zach Pascal. That uh, <laughs> Eagle, Eagle wide receiver has landed here in Philadelphia and that Zach Pascal is just going to tear apart that cult uh, offense without him in the fold. Yeah, you know, I've got my thumb. Uh, tongue firmly implanted in my cheek. Um, but yes, that was a, a big move and good for Dan being able to get uh, Frank Reich on. He, of course, still very much in love with Nick Sirianni. They're buds, they're boys. Not surprised with the great first year he had. Uh, Frank Reich doing a good job pumping up the Philadelphia Eagles fan yesterday here on the channel. Yeah. Uh, Dan went to uh, school with Frank Reich way back in the day. They were teammates at Maryland, so they still have a relationship dating uh, all the way back to the the Maryland days. And then Dan transferred to Miami, became a, a star on that defensive line, uh, the University of Miami and the, uh, the, you know, that was a big time football program back then. So, yeah, he said he's, He's been very close with uh, Frank Reich for a really long time. But one thing, and Dan will tell you this, uh, Frank Reich isn't going to insult anybody. So I'm not, everybody was great. Now he loves, he legitimately loves Nick Sirianni. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about Nick Sirianni. I'm going to talk about the other guy. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, Nick's not, uh, he, he was talking up, Frank was still talking up uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, how he loves him and and you know that's just the way Frank is I mean he's um, he doesn't curse he doesn't you know he's he he he's always going to take the optimistic bent on something and he's always going to try to uh, uh, you know lift people up as they say uh, yeah um, I, I'm pretty sure you and I discussed this on the show but we didn't uh, if we didn't uh, let's do so quickly here I believe that when Carson Wentz became an ex-Indianapolis Colt, the same way he became an ex-Philadelphia Eagle, that it was actually the owner's decision that the general manager and the coach would have given uh, Carson one more year. But the owners kind of twisted some arms there, and their owner is 
people talk about Jeff Floyer all the time here in town. I think he's a pretty good balance of being involved and not being involved. It's a fine line. The owners have to wa- uh, walk. You want an owner that cares, that isn't just, oh, here, guys, run the football team. Let me count my billions of dollars. You want a guy who is motivated and, and on top of things, but you don't necessarily want a guy who's dictating football moves because it's as much as Jeff Flory might know football. I don't think he knows as much as guys who have been lifers like uh, Harry Roseman. Uh, but the Colts owner, I think, is very much involved. And I, my read from afar was always that the owner kind of brought the hammer down and said, no, we got to get a better court. Did, did you guys watch the last two games of the season when the playoffs were there for the taking and Carson Wentz couldn't grab them for us? I thought it was an owner's move, not a uh, coach or a general manager move. Agree or disagree? Um, agree with the owner being, you know, the fulcrum of the decision, no question. But I I don't think it had as much to do with, um, the poor play down the stretch as, um, not getting vaccinated, the leadership stuff, not being able to practice. So you perform poorly. Um, I think it had more to do with that than losing two games as disappointing as it was. I, I do think it wasn't that hard to twist. Uh, Chris Ballard's arm, it was probably a little bit more difficult to twist Harder, Frank's right. arm. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think it was probably one and a half to one. <laughs> I don't think, you know, ultimately only the one guy matters. If he wants something done, it's got to be done. But I think, you know, I think Ballard was more in, I don't think he had to do much convincing uh, 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 to get him on board. And Frank, um, you know, Frank probably realized it had to be um, moved on as well. But I, I do think if it were up to Frank, he would have said, all right, let's give it one more try. I do think he would have defaulted to that. And as I said at the beginning, taking the more optimistic bent with Carson Wentz and he'll be in the same system. And by the way, I think Frank wants a damn quarterback for more than a year. I mean, you know, and this dates back to before him and obviously an Andrew Luck and you know, every year a different quarterback. That's not a recipe for success. And they've had – it's one of the reasons Nick Sirianni got the job here is because, you know, he kind of spun that as, look, what we're able to do with a different quarterback each year um, when he was there as the offensive coordinator. And they always put together a pretty good offense uh, no matter what. And, you know, sometimes they had better quarterbacks. Phillip Rivers was still effective. Uh, in his final year, uh, Jacoby Brissett was, you know, uh, more of a, a, a climb that they had to build around. Uh, but they generally built around effective offenses, and they continue to do that. And I assume, you know, Matt Ryan will be either the best quarterback Frank Reich has had or the second best, depending on how you grade him compared to um, – Philip Rivers in his final year, I think they're very similar, but, um, you know, Matt's probably got a little bit more juice, I think. So we'll see how that shakes out. He's going to play better than Carson Wentz, but they need a quarterback for more than one year. Do you think they can squeeze two years of quarterback play out of Matt Ryan? I think they can, but I thought they could out of Philip Rivers and he walked away. But and, and by the way, I think they could have squeezed two years. I think he could still play. It's not, you know, for whatever reason he decided, all right, that's it. Um, and I think he still had another year in him. And you've heard 
probably the rumors of, hey, let's call Philip Rivers, teams who get injured quarterbacks. And, you know, same thing happened with Drew Brees in New Orleans when they had all the injuries. Everybody said, well, call Drew. And Drew's like, nah, I'm not coming back. You certainly be better, but. Drew, Drew had another gig that we actually yeah. knew about because we were seeing him on TV every single week. I got no idea what uh, Philip Rivers was doing. High school probably, coach. I was going to say coaching up his high school kids. Yeah. Uh, so more power to him. He probably could have put that aside uh, to rejoin the National Football League if team. If he Drew, wanted, he certainly could have, yeah. Drew Brees wasn't going there. Um, but, uh, yeah, and they did uh, talk essay on the show about uh, Zach Pascal. Coming in here, John, I'm, I'm almost getting tired of listening to myself complain about Zach Pascal being here. I know he's a... Now, yeah, I'm favorite. starting to feel bad, Jody. It's not Zach's fault. But, hey, um, I mean, they, maybe is... that's what it is, that uh, I know I'm kind of beating up on him, so it's swinging the pendulum for me a little bit. And then I take a deep breath and say, no, he, this stinks. Zach Pascal's not a real wide receiver in the National Football League. He's a blocker. You and I discussed this quickly before the show started. When the first thing you say about a wide receiver is, wow, that guy can block. That's not good. That's a bad sign. That's the sign that really he's not a good sign. enough route runner. He's not enough ball, a good enough ball catcher. He's not enough uh, of a runner to get separation. I'm sorry. I'm uh, more put off by the signing of Zach Pascal that I am excited about it. Yeah. I mean, like you'll hear people say, you know, Cooper Cup is a great blocker, but that's like 57th on the list. You right. know, when, it, when it's number one, and Cooper Cup is a great blocker, by the way, which is, you know, it's an amazing player. Um, <clears throat> but again, it's, you know, well down the list. When that's your top trade at receiver, and the Eagles fans have already been through this. They heard it with Riley Cooper when Chip Kelly was here. Oh, what a blocker. What a blocker. Um, they've heard it with J.J. Ortega-Whiteside last year with Nick Sirianni. What a blocker. Going back to week one, you remember when the RPOs and the Arthur Smith and his head was on the swivel, didn't know what to do. Uh, what a great blocker J.J. is. What a what – a, didn't – didn't touch the football once, I believe, in week one. Didn't get one target. And I remember, you know, Nick Sirianni saying, well, we got to be cognizant. You know, we can't, you know, let everybody know that when J.J.'s on the field, we're just going to run the ball. And we got to get him some touches. And he never got him no. some touches <laughs> because it's, you know, it's difficult to get a player like that touches. Um I think Bo Wolf, we had on the show yesterday from The Athletic, described it pretty well And that, you know, okay, it's a slight upgrade compared to what you have. But this has me, again, Jody, it has me going down two routes I didn't want to go down. Route number one, they got to take another stinking wide receiver in the first round of the draft. Route number two, we got to cross our fingers and hope J.J. Rager, uh, Jalen Rager, um, some of the talent shines through and he finally gets it uh, and, and develops into at least a Nelson Aguilar type receiver. I didn't want to go down either of those routes, but that's where I am. That's where I am. They can't line up. If you're telling me they're going to line up with Devontae Smith and Zach Paschal in the slot and Quez Watkins at the X receiver, that's not good enough. No. That's not good enough. 
And I hate they even mentioned Devontae Smith in this conversation. He should be set aside because Devontae's good enough. The other guys, no, I'm sorry. You're not helping the quarterback, I'll tell you that. And I brought this up on uh, my WIP show last night, and I got to get your thought on it as well. If this was just Nick Sirianni, that the the wide receiver guru that he's supposed to be, having been a former wide receiver coach, having been a former wide receiver, some guys have so much belief in themselves that they'll talk themselves into, I'll take a guy who hasn't had success elsewhere, collegiate level, other NFL teams. And when I get my hands on him, I'm going to be able to elevate him. I'm going to be able to get stuff out of him that nobody else has. I I can see the raw talent and I'm going to be the one who's going to be able to tap into it. If that were the case, I I guess I could understand the whole Zach Pascal thing. He thinks he, uh, uh, oh, by the way, he had Zach Pascal. And you know what he was? He was Zach Pascal. So I'm expecting him to come here and be Zach Pascal again. But at least I could understand that. This has been an eagle thing going back to, shoot, I'll go back to, to even before Andy Reid. This is a Jeff Lurie, since Jeff Lurie's owned the Eagles thing, they just haven't been able to develop a superstar wide receiver. And I it, it pains me to say that because I'm with you. You know how much I love Devontae Smith did since he was a freshman at Alabama, as a matter of fact. But Deshaun Watts, uh, Deshaun Jackson was a very good wide receiver. He was a big play threat. We know every once in a while he'd catch a 60-yard bomb downfield. But uh, his career after the real quick start kind of peaked and valleyed up and down, out of town, came back again, make a big play. Oh, guess what? Deshaun's hurt. Um, and and all the other wide receivers that have gone through here, including one Terrell Owens, that's the only time that a, an Eagle coach acknowledged, yes, We need a superstar wide receiver. We need to go out and get a guy, even though we know he's a pain in the butt and he's nuts and he's the definition of diva. I don't care. We need a superstar guy. He's the one guy. Johnny Mac, he's it. Since Jeff Lurie uh, bought the Eagles, that they've uh, had a superstar wide receiver. They got him either the draft or free agency with Terrell Owens. It was a trade. Is that an organizational philosophy thing? Or is that just happenstance and circumstance that the Eagles haven't been able to find a superstar wide receiver one in the last 25 years? I think it's happenstance more than, say, linebacker in recent seasons or running back in recent seasons um, because they've tried. They've used assets. um, They've used first-round picks. They've used second-round picks. Um, You know, even if you want to go back to Nelson, Nelson was a first-round pick. Um, they've tried um, for whatever reason. They haven't been able to develop receivers greatly. And I will say Deshaun at his height was pretty damn good. Um, now, and Jeremy Macklin had a, 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 you know, when those two were together, they were, that was a darn good uh, for a small period of time, obviously. But in more recent history, if you look at, if you start with Nelson and and as a first round pick and, you know, disappointment. Uh, you know, maybe less of a disappointment because of the Super Bowl. And in, ironically, probably his best game was in the Super Bowl. You know, that's when you know the stars are aligning. <laughs> when, when a guy who's a disappointment has his best game in the Super Bowl and all of a sudden the stars align, you win Super Bowl 52. But then, you know, 
Jalen Rager, obviously, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside before him. The only reason Devontae Smith is here is because Jalen Rager failed. Let's be honest. If Jalen Rager didn't fail, they're not going for a receiver in back-to-back years. And, you know, now you can argue if it extends further, um, the only reason they'd be taking a wide receiver again is because Jalen Rager failed. So you have the self-fulfilling prophecy of not being able to develop players over the years. Um, but I, I do think they've tried its evidence. And even this offseason, they've tried to trade for Calvin Ridley. Um, and they and they were in on the bidding for some better receivers. Um, but I think the real issue is, you know, it, they can't develop receivers. And this spans multiple coaching regimes and uh, multiple personnel people. Um, it's weird almost that they can't, especially in this era where you'll go on and you're, you'll hear whoever your favorite draft person is. Um, you'll hear them talk about, it's so easy to find receivers now because of the way the college game is played and, and they shipped at things and you can find a receiver deep in the draft. Well, the Eagles can't find a damn receiver. <laughs> um, and they're talking about Zach Pascal. Uh, so, you know, a lot of it to me is, and I've, I've talked about Nick mentioning and, you know, other people mentioning, and I was just, I think I mentioned yesterday on the show, it was just texting with somebody talking about how these young receivers aren't doing what they're supposed to do when it comes to site adjustments or, or running routes or being in the spot they're supposed to be in. And that can really affect a quarterback. I mean, if quarterback is ready to throw the ball and the receiver's not there, that's an issue if the receiver's not where he's supposed to be. And then all of a sudden the quarterback starts to, you know, have it in the back of his mind. He's concerned. And maybe that's some of the reason Jalen Hurts is hesitant to pull the trigger at the time. I'm not trying to defend Jalen Hurts, but I'm saying that's, you got to throw that into the hopper as well when you say, okay, who's affecting who? Is Jalen Hurts affected because of the bad receivers or the receivers affected because the quarterback can't get him the ball? I don't think anybody knows the true, complete answer to that because it's more nuanced than that. Right. Chances Um, are it's a combination of the two, um, and the coach you would believe was the one who should know the best if there is more of the responsibility on one side than the other. And to this point, here's how they've reacted. They've signed Zach Pascal again. If if that's what we're going to hang our hat on, Zach Pascal, he understands how to play the position. Well, hasn't he understood how to play the position and hasn't had? And I'll seven- go back real, real quick, Jody. I'll go back to your point about Nick Sirianni having because coaches do have egos, and as you bring up, coaches will say, "Well, if I can get this guy, he's already had Zach. He knows what Zach Pascal is." And by the way, to Nick Sirianni's credit. Zach Pascal's never been better than he was with Nick Sirianni, but that ain't good. That ain't well, good. Well, then it, that would make me ask this question because I've seen a couple people who are trying to put a positive spin on things. Well, his season went down, went backwards last year because of Carson Wentz. That's why Zach Pascal, who's never been a world beater, but even was what was the number you threw out there yesterday? 115 wide receivers. 113 out of 115. 113 out of 115. Well, which is it? 
it was all Carson Wentz's fault or he didn't have Nick Sirianni. Uh, yeah, I guess there's explanations. Well, and then, of then I went back because I got that, as you can imagine, Jody. I got the same thing you got. And they started because they don't like Carson now. And they started in, well, it was Carson went to the and so I went back. All right, let me check back to the, the year prior. Uh, and uh, Nick Sirianni was there, obviously. 94 out of 127. Now, better. Well, that's, that's better. It that, is better. That's only not good enough. That's not flat out stinks. That's flat out stinks. It's just flat yeah. out not, not bottom of the barrel stinks. But 94 out of 127? I'll, I'll remind you, Jody. Jalen Rager was 90 out of 127 that same year. 90. Jalen Rager was supposedly better, at least to the people that watched the film. Um, and, and, and that's the apex of his career, again, with Nick Sirianni. So Nick, had to, to Nick's credit, he's gotten more out of Zach Pascal than anybody else. But he didn't get a lot out of Zach Pascal. No. You don't no. want the 94th best receiver. Think about it. 32 teams. Everybody wants to play 11 personnel. All right. You know, that's 96. He's, You're he's, like the worst starting receiver, basically, if you want to use three as starters in the NFL. Right. Is that except, where you want to be? Except for three would be 90-some-odd. And last year he was 113th out of 150. Yeah, I'm there. saying with he's Nick. playing more than three. And he With still Nick, can't yeah. uh, get get off the bottom of the pile. I do things, Johnny Mac. Before we get our first break in here, number one is, um, so you're telling me the Eagles aren't making another wide receiver move in free agency? We've still got five weeks to the draft. Five weeks tomorrow, uh, it'll be, and yes, we're going to start to scrutinize those wide receivers that could go in the first round uh, with the Eagle pick at either 15, 16, or 19. But if that's the case, we've already turned the page. This is it. Zach Pascal is there one free agent signing at the wide receiver position. That sure as hell scares me. If not, you're going to tell me who are, is there another mediocre guy? There's no other star guy left. There's no other major move. The needle guy left. They're all gone. But is there anyone else they could add just from a quantity standpoint? And talking about former Eagle wide receivers, uh, educate me here. Um, all pro status, not Pro Bowl, because I always get my nose out of joint about the Pro Bowl because so many guys make it and then decide not to go. And a guy gets elevated and he goes from alternate to being on the team that it's not as big an indicator as certainly as Pro Bowl status. Uh, excuse me, all pro status. How, three wide receivers now on the team because <clears throat> they, they still have a fullback on the Pro Bowl, which I think is borderline ludicrous uh but when they put out all pro teams is it three wide receivers deep um i believe it's still two i have to double check okay I'll ask, then I'll do, do me Rob. a favor which you can look up during the break but here's the thing with all pro jody yeah you the guys vote so whatever there's like 50 votes so they can vote for whoever they want in other words you know, if some guy gets 33 and some guy gets 22 and some guy gets 21 and some guy gets 19, well, generally they go first and second team. So they'll have second team all pro. They they never go to third team. They don't say right. people are third Two team teams, all First pros. and second team, yeah. right. So in other words, if four guys don't get votes, 
there's not four second team all pro receivers. So if only three guys get votes, so if there's a really dominant player who's going to get 50 out of 50, um, like Cooper Cup, uh, there's not going to be a lot of room. Obviously, you got to vote for the second guy. It's not going to be a lot of room to have different. So it's a really difficult honor. That's why all pro is far more meaningful, as you mentioned, Agreed. than pro bowl. So it's a really, really difficult honor. But yeah, I, you know, other than Terrell Owens, the Eagles haven't had anybody in that range. That, that, uh, uh, Deshaun Watson would not have, uh, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Jackson no. would not have made an all pro team. No, no. no. Yeah, that, he he that, was. That's the point I'll, I was I'll, getting. I'll at. look it up. Actually, second team, two thousand nine. He did uh, make one second team. Yeah, second team, two thousand nine. Yeah, well, we'll I knew the... that's where you're going, so I looked it up real yes, quick. Yes, so... that that's exactly where I was going. So we give Deshaun the nod. I didn't know that he had ever made it an All Pro team. John, that's pretty weird. I know it's a a small group, and it's the best of the best, the creme de la creme. But if we go back to when Jeff Laurie bought the team, ninety three. What year did Laurie buy the team? 92, 93? I should know. That uh, off the top of my head. I know 90, it's sometime early 90s. 95, right one Ray. So 95, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Okay. Well, really, I was uh, on the air for five of the Norman Bremen years. I, I remember them unfondly, but I thought they were actually less than that. Before the 95 season, all right, I'll, I'll believe the, that that's the case. Do the math. That's. Well, uh, that's uh, almost 30 years, and the Eagles have had one Pro Bowl wide receiver, that and uh, all pro wide receiver. No, two, because Deshaun did make it once. Uh, there's, I, I'm sorry, I have a tough time uh, finding that to be a coincidence. There, there's uh, got to be 94 is the official year. 94, 94. okay. 94. Uh, that's very few uh, all pro wide receivers. And by the way, you're right, because it looks like, and I'm double checking, Deshaun made it as a punt returner that year. So oh, really? Yeah. So he didn't even make it as a wide receiver. So you're right. <clears throat> I mean, they now again, that's the tippy top. That's the cream. It's really difficult to be right. An and I wouldn't player. expect a lot, but we're talking yeah. about 24 years. If you're talking about five year period, all right. Well, they didn't have one. They had a guy who was called 10 year period. All right. They just missed a 15, 20, 25, 25 plus. One, Terrell Owens. That's it. Uh, and it's not going to be Zach Pascal. Zach is not jumping to the top and grabbing that spot. Wow, that was a year. Um, I'm, now, I'm, So, Deshaun was actually a first-team punt returner and a second-team kickoff returner that year. Not, but not as a Not receiver. a receiver. Okay. And it is three receivers, so it was uh, – that year was Andre Johnson, Wes Welker, Larry Fitzgerald were first team. Um, second team was Reggie Wayne, Brandon Marshall, um, and um, that's it. So, okay, so that but even though they had three on the first team, they had two on the second team. So it does uh, depend on how many votes you get. But if that's five wide receiver, you're five wide receiver deep. The Eagles could, in in almost 30 years, only get one wide receiver into the – and I'm sure, well, maybe back in the 90s, they were going mostly three wide receivers set by the 90s, certainly by the, the turn of the century, 2000. That's that's not a whole heck of a lot of uh, uber-talented wide receivers in this town. No, there hasn't been. Like, you know, I'm fine at the apex of 
Deshaun and Jeremy Macklin. I mean, I, that's plenty good enough. Uh, there have been the short windows. Um, obviously, when uh, T.O. was here, even when Alshon was here the first year, uh, and he was injured and he played through um, uh, basically a torn labrum the entire year, um, he was really effective uh, and obviously a big part of the Super Bowl. Um, and Nelson Aguilar got a little bit better. That was even palatable. It's not great, but it's okay. It's okay. It, the, the part that is, you know, just not acceptable is what we've gone through the past few seasons, especially in this era, Jody. I mean, you go back to 94, okay, when Jeffrey, it was a different era. Um, the, the game was played in a different way. Now it's much easier to throw the football. It's never been easier to throw the football. And you see these explosive numbers, and you'll hear people say, why is Lynn Swan in the Hall of Fame? Why is John Stallworth in the Hall of Fame? Why is Paul War- Warfield in the Hall of Fame? All these great receivers from bygone eras, even, you know, you know, people start talking about Jimmy Smith. That's a name is because he had such phenomenal numbers. And now it's even better for the younger receivers now you know, exploding. I I always joke, you know, you're a baseball guy. So, you know, the number 714 and 755 meant so much for so long uh, for obvious reasons. And now I can't even tell you what the number is. I, I, because it doesn't matter to me. Uh, you know, and football's not as much as a statistical game as baseball is, but still, I remember when, uh, um, Herman Moore, I think, you know, set the was I think it was 122. And it just stuck out to me. And I said, that's that's unbelievable. 122. Well, it's, it's, you know, who who cares? A bunch of guys are over a hundred. A bunch. Um it, it, it's just it's so easy to find receivers, and they can't find a stinking receiver. It's amazing to me. With the exception of Devontae Smith. Who who was the Lion quarterback who threw the ball? Probably Scott Mitchell. Times. Scott Mitchell. Scott Mitchell, man. Yeah. He, he was supposed to go and save Detroit, too. How'd that work out? He got big him? money at the time. He sure as hell. I remember being at the vet for a Scott Mitchell in for Dan Marino game. Yeah, in which he played. He, that's probably where he earned his money. Exactly. I happened to be at the uh, the vet that day and said, all right, this guy's going to get overpaid. I was kind of ahead of the curve on that one. And the Lions were the uh, team that fell prey. All right, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We've still got an hour and a day to play with you today, including a visit with our buddy Chris Franklin from NJ.com. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the salary cap. Is that a deterrent to the Eagles not getting a major upgrade at wide receiver? A lot of good wide receivers have changed teams this free agent uh, year. Is it because the Eagles just thought that the player's contract was too big, the price was too much? Uh, I do want to talk to John about where they sit with the salary cap now. Harry Roseman's done some nice things to make cap slots available, but he hasn't turned around and reinvested that money just yet. That's what we'll talk about next year on Birds 365.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Appreciate you streaming on in with us here on Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel where we do ask you, no, we flat out beg you <laughs> to like, share, and subscribe uh, to the channel and specifically to your boys here on Birds 365. Our, our algorithm is solid. We need that. It's, I would say our algorithm is better than the Eagles wide receiver room right now. Even <laughs> though it does have Devontae Smith in it, it's still not good enough as far as I'm concerned. And yes, they, they have been working hard to create more cap room they did the whole fletcher cox thing which came with a risk he could have gotten ticked off said see you later bye he didn't they got him re-signed they cleared a couple million in cap room by doing it the way that they did um you gave me the details yesterday on anthony harris getting a one-year contract at about 2.5 million dollars we're assuming it's not a multi-year deal with four years on the back end to be able to spread it out. So whatever the number is, chances are that's going to cost against the cap this year. Well, this past year, uh, Harris cost $4 million against the cap. So the Eagles did bring him back, but they brought him back at a reduced number, which again saves cap money. Uh, Howie's doing what Howie does. He's good at balancing the books and, and managing the cap and saving what he can here and there. You know my vibrant uh, Boston Scott thing. I thought they should have given him the tender. They ended up bringing him back for less money than the tender. So every couple of hundred thousand that you saved counts. And now he saved there. When are they going to spend this, Johnny Mac? 
if if how he's doing all these things that we're giving him credit for, and we are and we should, if you're just putting it in your back pocket, saving it for a rainy day, are they going to make this unbelievable in-season trade? Are they going to have money carried over to the 2023 cap? I'm sorry, that does nothing for me as an Eagle fan. Ooh, we're in great cap shape for next year. They haven't even showed up to camp yet for this year. And we're already taking a victory lap for the year thereafter. When is Howie Roseman going to uh, get the spoils of the good work he's doing at keeping the Eagles cap friendly? Um, You know, if you don't get the players you target, you're not going to get the spoils. So, you know, they've missed out for whatever reason on the players they've targeted. Um, Ridley, probably the best example. That was going to be a significant cap hit for um, the wide receiver position on his fifth-year option. Now, who knows? They might have, if they pulled off that trade, they might have worked out an extension. Uh, they might have lowered that number. I imagine that was in their plan. Nobody knows the plan. Um you know, things move slowly. You know, I haven't seen the details of Anthony Harris's contract or Zach Pascal, but as you mentioned, uh, they're they're not filed yet. It can't be huge uh, cap hits uh, by the nature of those particular players. So right now, if you're using over the cap, and again, it's days behind because they don't have a lot of stuff factored in because they only factor in stuff when it gets filed. Official, right? Um, you know, the Eagles have almost 23 million of, of cap space. Now, it, it, over the cap does, you know, what they call effective cap space as well. And that's sort of like their projection of what teams really have to spend. Um, they're playing, in other words, they're, for lack of better term, they're playing GM. So what, what fans are going to do, and generally is you know realize well you got a budget for the draft you got a budget for guys getting hurt going on injured reserve you got a you got a budget for everything from potential injury settlements to practice squad all that yada 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 nonsense when you get to the regular season including the fact that for whatever reason the NFL has the top 51 rule in, in the off season, which means only your top 51 contracts count against the cap. And that obviously kicks up to 53 of the regular season. So what they've come up with is this sort of way of projecting called effective cap space. So that 23 automatically goes down to about 14, 15 for the Eagles, because guess what? They have three first round picks. That's a significant outlay if you use those three first-round picks. Never mind, you know, even in the first year, never mind the fifth year, so with fourth and fifth year. Uh, so when we start talking about, do the Eagles really want to take three first-round picks? Because that's going to be a significant cost up front, a significant cost down the road. If you believe in the players, it's not that big of an issue, but you got to factor it in. You got to budget it in. So you're down to 14, 15 million or somewhere in that range. So what can you do with that? You can do a lot of things with that. I point to Hassan Reddick. Uh, um, all right. You know, you hear, oh, the Eagles got Hassan Reddick for three years and 45 million. Well, his cap number is four stinking million. For the first so, year, yeah. 
So if you have 14 or 15 million, you can get three or four Hassan Reddick level contracts. So you can do some things with that kind of money. Problem is, the players who are getting that kind of money are drying up very, very quickly. And the players that the Eagles would want, I don't even know who would be in that. that, You know, they're not going after Teron Armstead, who finally got signed in Miami, who got big money. They're not going after Zadarius Smith, who finally got signed in Minnesota after backing out with Baltimore, and he got significant money. They're not signing players like that. So, you know, it's going to be those second and third wave guys that we always talk about. We go back to 2017. It's going to be those one-year deals. It's going to be Derek Barnett coming back on a $5 million deal. It's going to be Steve Nelson not, coming not back. Not quite the 10 or 11 that some people projected for Derek Barnett. No, and I'm in that, I was eight or nine for me, but I'm, I'm still wrong. Um, it's not going to, you know, maybe Steven Nelson, who is, you know, basically on Twitter too much to uh, these days complaining about nobody offering him money, uh, for the really? second. I, I don't follow Steven Nelson. He's doing some fine whining on Twitter, <laughs> Steven Nelson. Yeah. By the way, Steve admitted he was not vaccinated. Not that it matters, but I, I came out of nowhere. I didn't see him doing the protocols, wink, wink. Yeah, um, not, didn't see him masked up all that much. No, from did apart. not, did not. Um, that's another story. That doesn't matter though, because mm. the, the the pandemic has been declared uh, declared over. But um, you know, maybe he comes back on a one year, another one year deal. Um, I think that's what we're down to at this stage. The one guy. A lot of people talk about is is Tyron Matthew Matthew um, Honey Badger. Um, so difficult. <laughs> um, I but I just don't think he's going to get the money that he wants around the league. And I think you know maybe the Eagles would be interested, but you'd be talking about the one year sort of Alshon Jeffrey type deal where you know. All right, it's pretty good for the position, but it's only one year. And then I think they would enter that conversation. Um, I just don't see the players out there for those splashy deals. Um, But they have money to do some things. The question is, you know, who do you want? You you brought up Stephen Nelson. I, too, not that I would know because I'm not down there. You are that he wasn't vaccinated. Then you're right that. It doesn't matter because the NFL has declared that the pandemic is over. Um, He's the guy of the free agent defensive backs that the Eagles came into the offseason with. He was the guy that I would have worked the hardest to retain, more so than either of the two safeties. I I thought Steven Nelson did a damn good job at cornerback for the Eagles last year in uh, the defense coordinator system. They will allow you to throw the ball under underneath and then attempt to try and come up and tackle and keep teams from getting first downs with very short passes. So certain numbers, certain uh, uh, statistics you can use would show that Stephen Nelson didn't have that great a year. 
I argue that that's because that's what the Eagles wanted him to do. They didn't get him up in press coverage. They weren't giving him a chance to defend passes. It was just uh, make sure you don't get beat over the top and keep the player in front of you. And I thought he did a really good job at that. So that's why I and he's and it still may happen, as you pointed out, John. Uh, I would have worked harder to get him redone than I would worry about Anthony Harris coming back. Again, give Howie credit. He got him done for less than he did last year. Guy was a starter for the Eagles all year on a pretty good defense, and to bring him back at a salary reduction is good cap management. But I was a bigger Steve Nelson fan than I was an Anthony Harris fan. Uh, John, let me pose it this way. Do you have any concerns that the Eagles, as a staff, have too much of a tie to where they came from? The last two signings the Eagles have made are Zach Pascal and Anthony Harris. Anthony Harris tied to the defensive coordinator in his staff before he got here. Uh, certainly Zach Pascal, Indianapolis with uh, the, the head coach, Nick Sirianni. It's nice to have a good grasp on a player's skill level. When you have them on your team, you're watching them every single day, you work with them, you believe you know what their strengths, what their weaknesses are. That I see the plus to that. But can a guy get too enamored with the fact that he's just got inside information and a good feel for a guy that they'll prioritize the known of what they have as far as a grasp of the player's talents and skills are over his actual ability to make plays as compared to others who are out there available via free agency? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it happens all the time, but I think it happens more at that level. And in, in other words, you know, those are role players, uh, Anthony Harris and uh, Zach Pascal. More so, Zach Pascal. I mean, Anthony's a starter. I don't want to. I don't want to put him in the same category, but not a high level starter. And you can't have twenty two All Pros. So you, you know you got to. And you know, it, and you tend to lean. Every coach leans on guys he he's come across and trust. But, you know, they did go out and get Reddick, and unless you want to spin it and say Reddick is, you know, I was concerned, for instance, that they would go after Anthony Barr for that position. And if you look at, okay, if you look at their resumes right now, well, Anthony Barr's is more uh, substantial than Hassan Reddick's, uh, you know, as a former all-pro player, but he's descending and he's older and the one guy's ascending and is right at that level. So I think that's an example of the Eagles making a good decision, even though the other guy's got the bigger name and the bigger reputation and the history with Jonathan Gannon and blah, blah, blah. So I think they made the right decision on, on that case. Uh, but when you start to trickle down to, you know, we got to fill in here, we got to fill in there. We're not getting a, a star player, so to speak, um, then you start to see more of that coaches lean on people they know, people they trust. Um, and it could be to a detriment at times, no question about it. I mean, you know, one of the one of the things, you know, that Doug Peterson got criticized for is, you know, trusting the veterans too much, not willing to go with more younger players. That happens all the time. Um with certain coaches um, and you know, that's to a detriment. And especially now that I Jody, so many personnel people in this league complain about um, 
players not being ready, college players not being ready for the pros. And I kind of, I always chuckle at it because there's such an entitlement to that aspect. I think that college, college is not there. College is technically not a developmental league for the NFL. It is, it is, but that's not what college coaches are trying to do. They're trying to win games to keep their own high paying jobs. And they're trying to go the best way about beating Ole Miss on, on a Saturday or whoever's on the schedule. That's their goal. Their goal isn't getting guys prepared for the NFL. That's your job. Now, it's become more difficult because you don't have as much time, and that's why they complain, and they don't they can't get the players on the field. They can't get them up to speed with fundamentals. But that's where you see this whole shift to the Sean McVay types and the young coaches and the we got to get this guy because they seem to have more of an open mind of, okay, this guy's a really – crappy route runner but he's explosive let me find ways to get him the ball whereas the old bill parcells type who was just this hard-headed guy hall of fame great coach i'm not trying to say i I just don't think he probably would have succeeded to the level he does in the modern game because you know he'd be saying that no learn this learn this learn this learn this and you're not going to get on the field until you learn it well you're not getting on the field and Probably a better example of that recently is Parcells guy, Mike Zimmer, who's a good coach. I really believe he's a good coach. He won't play his young guys because they're not ready. Here's where your point is great. There's an answer, but it's a completely illogical answer. If the coaches have a problem with guys, that they're not learning quickly enough, that college is not developing, it's not a college's job. You are 100% right. That's not their job is to prepare guys for you when you get to the NFL. But here's where it falls down. The reason these players aren't up to speed, up to snuff, is very simple. The coaches don't get a chance to coach. And why don't they get a chance to coach? Because the owners, in a money grab, every time a collective bargaining agreement comes up, says, all right, well, you can practice less. All right, we won't bring you into that. Take a long weekend. Yeah, we won't ask you to come in on the bye week. Back in Bill Parcells' day, They practice when Bill Parcells said so. He called for practice. Everybody showed up. They got their work in. They got their learning curve turned. That's how they became players faster. And you don't hear any coaches going to the owners and go, hey, when next we go to a collective bargaining agreement, let's give them some money, but let's bring practice back to the National Football League. Owners are going to look at that coach like either you got two heads or (laughs) you really want to continue to work for me? You're going to tell me to give away something at the collective bargaining agreement talks uh, that that ends in a dollar? That's not happening. No. Uh, You you make the wave your magic wand, coach, and get them up to speed faster. That's what the owners want to see. And that, to me, is the biggest reason why. Yeah, you see what behind the years guys come in, and when they're asked to play, they aren't quite ready to do so. It's because the coach only has so much time to practice with him. And here in Philadelphia, I remember those days, Johnny McDew and I first getting birds 365 underway. Another short practice for the Philadelphia Eagles. They don't even use the entire time that they have, which is limited to begin with. Yep. Yep. And you got to take advantage of the time you do have. And that's why I think the league is trending younger to people with more of an open mind to people to try to uh, use the schedule that you're permitted now in the best way possible. Um, you know, I'm sure you saw 
Malik Willis's the a little video of the pro day, the one mm-hmm. throw that everybody went uh, nuts over. I I I got like three texts, Jody. Three texts. Now I know you're shaking your head. It means nothing. I agree with you. It means nothing throwing on air. But he threw this ball, and all of the fans, and it goes viral, and they're going nuts, you know, and they're going nuts. And I got three different people, three different. Um, this is not an exaggeration. Look at his feet. Look at his feet. His feet are off the ground when he throws the football. And I said, it's horrible mechanics. And I almost put it on Twitter, but I would have gotten killed. So I didn't bother. I was going to put whispers. Look at, look at, look at his footwork. Um, terrible, just terrible. But he threw it 60 stinking five years with right. 65 yards with no, where you shouldn't be able to do that with that terrible footwork. So that's sort of the new school. The new school coach is going to look like that and say, well, yeah, he's got terrible mechanics because he's not taught the right way. But look at what the kid can do. Look at what the talent is. Um, Patrick Mahomes. I'm not comparing Malik Willis to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes had terrible mechanics at Texas Tech. He still doesn't have good mechanics. But – and Andy Reid's an old school coach. And one of the reasons the brilliance of Andy Reid and Bill Belichick, the two top coaches, is they've been able to stay ahead of the curve despite their age. And, you know, they haven't gotten into that box of uh, not being willing to open up and try new things. Um, doesn't have great mechanics. An older Andy Reid might have said, he's not going to play until he freaking gets his footwork better. No, no, he can make plays. Maybe not the conventional way. Maybe he throws like a shortstop, um, which you're not supposed to do, but it works for him. And yeah, it's a different era. Here's uh, why I was like shaking my head no earlier when you went down the Malik Willis and the pro day uh, conversation. Yeah, I did. I watched, uh, pretty much all of it yesterday. And yeah, the, the 65 yard pass was impressive. Uh, just what because he threw it as ground. long as he did, even though his, uh, and I didn't even notice that it was as bad as you're describing. I knew it was uh, not your basic step back, seven step plant, lean into a throw. It was, it was certainly different. Here's what I saw yesterday. He's got accuracy issues. Maybe I'm a little bit more sensitive to it this year because I think Jalen hurts biggest hurdle that he needed to get over in season still needs to get over going forward next year is accuracy. I think Jalen Hurts has got enough arm strength. I believe that. I Some people don't. Uh, it's a debatable topic. I think his arm is more than adequate. If anything, I would call it slightly above average. It's certainly an average arm. I'd say slightly above uh, and people say, oh, he doesn't have the arm to play in the NFL. Yeah, he does. The, the throws that I see, the throws the that he makes. Eagles think he does, and that's all that matters. Right. The Eagles think he does. But I still question his accuracy a little bit. There better be room for improvement in there. If there isn't, then he's never going to be a top 10 quarterback. And the Eagles are going to go through this for however many years. They're going to go through it and then go, all right, well, he's not good enough. And you're going to roll your eyes and go, uh, we tried to tell you this two years ago. Um but that is a concern for me is a guy's accuracy. I believe it can be improved. I believe with good coaching. Oh, shoot. That's right. They're not allowed to coach in the NFL, <laughs> which is another problem. 
But I think that is an area of improvement. But right off the bat, Malik Willis needs that. They had back-to-back days, Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis. And no question in my mind which one was more accurate. It was Kenny Pickett. So, yes, and, you want and to you'll judge. See, and, and, and by the way, accuracy is directly retied, directly tied to mechanics and usually in footwork and uh, doing things the right way. It's like a control pitcher in baseball. They usually have great mechanics, great form. Uh, can put the ball wherever they want. The, the the power throwers are, you know, all over the place. They tend to have bad mechanics. Um, and, you know, how do you fix it? How do you fix it without the time? Then you have this cottage industry. There's so many things at work here. You know, we we talked about Quincy Avery a lot because of Deshaun Watson and Jalen Hurts. You know, that's who he's working with. You know, there's a good um, – you know, we always talk about Jalen Hurts' work ethic and, and and he goes above and beyond. So there's certain guys, you leave them to their own devices in the offseason when you can't have them, and they don't do anything. I'm looking at you, Carson Wentz, in the pandemic. They don't do anything. Um, you know, Jalen, you know, is going to do the work. He's going to go. But then you have all the different coaches, and I remember Jeff Stoutland talking about this way early in Jordan Mailata's career, um, um, there was talk about sort of a, a sending some players to um, developmental leagues, whether it was the AAF at the time. I forget which league it was. It was probably the AAF. Uh, uh, Charlie Eversall's fraud of a league uh, where he snookered everybody out of money. But um, it, it they were talking about a deal, but it was more, the NFL wasn't talking about it. It was more of them making up a story out of whole cloth. Like, Hey, we're going to be a developmental league. And uh, so I think it was Damo at Jeff Stoutland about, you know, would you consider sending my Lada to, you know, a developmental league or something? And Stoutland was like, I don't want anybody else touching them. <laughs> then you have these coaches, they don't want anybody else touching their young players and telling them to do something differently. So are, are, are the, my point is, are the Eagles and Quincy Avery on the same page? I don't know. I don't know. Is he getting told to do one thing in Philadelphia and another thing when he goes down to Atlanta and, and works there? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, it, it, but I do know that it's not a, it, it's not, it's not a good setup compared to what it used to be. John Filippo used to talk about this a lot too. And season would end. He'd be with the quarterback the next week, take a week off. You know, he'd be with him the next week trying to get everything honed down. And he would always use Carson Palmer, who was just phenomenal mechanics wise. I mean, just did everything perfectly. Um, Can't do it anymore. So it's sort of who can do it the best. Is, is what it becomes. And, oh, by the way, uh, for those who are getting caught up in the uh, pro days that they're showing on the NFL Network, Pickett yesterday, uh, Pickett two days ago, Malik uh, Willis yesterday, and Matt Corral, who I like a little bit. I'm, I'm a Matt Corral fan. Uh, if he were to fall into the second round and the Eagles re- could, could reproduce what they did uh, just two years ago with Jalen Hurts and, uh, put a guy like him in as a second round pick to have as a guy who can compete, can compete and maybe 
come in and, and capture the job and go uh, long term. I would be perfectly fine with that. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Corral's going to be gone by the second round, and I don't think the Eagles are going to use any of their three first-round picks on a quarterback. But just the overall evaluation of these guys, we're only four years removed from when Baker Mayfield was a franchise quarterback. Number one pick in a draft. Heisman Trophy winning Baker Mayfield. Take charge guy. Going to be the face of a franchise. Oops. Uh, Sam Darnold, number two to my J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Should have been the number one pick over. He's got more skills. He's got more arm strength. He's more talented than Baker Mayfield. Just because Baker Mayfield was in that Oklahoma offense. The Jets got a steal with uh, Sam Darnold at number two. Oops. Josh Allen playing out in little Wyoming, which people question. Yours truly guilty as charged. The competition he was playing against ended up being the star quarterback in the draft. I won't even go to Josh Rosen, who I had to argue with. Oh, Rosen's the best quarterback in the draft. Can't believe he fell to number 10. Uh, I knew from day one he wasn't a player. He wasn't a player at UCLA. Bad attitude UCLA. Overrated at UCLA. And I said, that that's going to be a wasted pick. At least that one I did get right. But those all four, th- three, those three guys all went in the top 10. Top 10 quarterbacks, where are they now? Less than four years later. Nowhere. Baker Mayfield can't find a team to take them on. I, prediction for you? Uh, by the Baker. way, I love the the description of mutual disinterest uh, between Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. I'd never heard that before. I like that one. <laughs> mutual disinterest. Uh-huh. The ba- Baker, who do you have interest in? Yeah. Did you find a team where they I, they, they, we, he was hoping to get an indie and they didn't want him. You know, Baker's interesting because look, I'm with you. I don't think he's a top tier quarterback, but I, I, I kind of feel for the kid in this way. He played hurt. Like they, they want you to play through things. At least, uh, you know, the option behind you is not nearly as good. And he plays through this pretty significant injury, and he doesn't play well. But at least he's out there trying. And, you know, by nature, there's got to be 32 starting quarterbacks. And you can't tell me that there's 32 better starting quarterbacks than Baker Mayfield. Now, there's also personality problems. Right. You mentioned um, that was one of the weirdest quotes I've ever seen. Just totally... Um, tone deaf, uh, somebody from Cleveland was reported as saying, we need a grown-up in the room, which is fine if you want to rip Baker Mayfield. It might be unprofessional, but certainly, you know, maybe he's not as mature as need to be. But you're bringing in a guy with 22 civil allegations of sexual misconduct as the leader in your room. That's a bad look for the Cleveland Browns. But nonetheless... I mean, somebody's somebody should give Baker Mayfield a starting job, and somebody should try to see if he can mature because there's nobody else. I mean, would you rather have Marcus Mariota than than Baker Mayfield? I wouldn't. Um, I, yeah, I, I probably I probably would. Here's my problem with Baker Mayfield, um, and we've seen it a lot. The guy most recently that it seems to jump off the page with was Johnny Manziel. Uh, Guys have unbelievable collegiate career, Heisman trophy, adoration, all that stuff. And they become a high pick in the NFL draft. Can't be any higher than number one with Baker Mayfield. 
the clock resets. You have to earn your way in the National Football League. Even if you are the number one pick, you have to go out and actually play well on the field, put up numbers, win games, get yeah, your team into Yeah, but he did play well, Jody, for a short shelf life, for a short period. He got that stupid organization, their first, what, uh, playoff win in at least 25 years, probably closer to 30. Um you know, he won 11 games in 2020, it, it, you know, threw for 3,800 yards in, in, in 1935 and 2020. He's performed. He's performed. I mean, talent-wise, again, not top tier, but I can't – Johnny Right, Mandel, but here's my point that I was trying to get to, John. He acts like he has already achieved that status, that he is already a top – five even top 10 quarterback he hasn't well, plain and simple all good you want to look at the one good year he had out of the four okay maybe he snuck into the top 10 but i'm at this point evaluating over his four four years in the nfl you can't talk the talk like if you're not walking the walk and he surely he hasn't well i i'd be the first to say he's probably got to mature a little bit but i think there's levels he's not johnny manzel i mean johnny manzel's on freaking TMZ doing drugs every stinking day. This guy's out there performing at a high level. And and we were talking before about um uh, uh play coaches, you know, relying on their guys, Jonathan Gannon, Anthony Harris, uh uh Zach Pascal, Nick Sirianni. Well, Arthur Smith is bringing in Marcus stinking Mariota because he had him in Tennessee. I mean, Marcus Mariota has never performed like Baker Mayfield. I, again, I'm not just picking up Mitchell Trubisky's another one. I mean, these are probably better uh, comparison because he's he was the second pick in the draft. And Baker was a Baker Mayfield's yeah. better than sticking Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I don't know why some of these teams. Make what do you the think the Falcons are going to do at number eight in the draft? Um, I I they got to be in a conversation for a quarterback right. and you probably don't want to be taking a quarterback at number eight in the draft. I mean, let's be honest. But if you've already made up the mind, your mind that you're going to be taking a quarterback at number eight, which I kind of think the Falcons have, who would you rather have as your quarterback for this bridge year? Uh, Baker Mayfield or uh, Marcus Mariota? Well, my philosophy is I hear what you're saying. It makes some sense. If you've already predetermined, you're going to take Malik Willis, which I don't want to take Malik Willis at number eight. I don't want to take Kenny Pickett at number eight, but from my philosophy would be, and again, money enters into it as well. You probably don't have to pay uh, Marcus Mariota as much as you would have to pay Baker Mayfield. So that enters into it which, as well. Which, oh, by the way, they had just enough money to get Mariota signed. There was no way they could have taken on Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Um, so all these things factor into it. I, I just mean from a performance standpoint, there's no way there's 32 better quarterbacks in the world than than Baker Mayfield. Um, and, you know, the fact that there's not a path for him to be a starter in this league tells me more about this league than the kid. Because you can talk about maturity issues, and I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Jody. But again, this stupid league gave, the first fully guaranteed five-year contract to a guy with 22 uh, allegations of sexual misconduct. So I want to hear about a little bit of maturity because a lot of these guys have maturity issues. Um, Carson Wentz, <laughs> too many Carson Wentz. 
uh, uh, mentions today. Um, it's strange to me, is all I'll say. And I think the kids get knocked for playing through an injury, which I think is terrible. I think that part of it is terrible. Right. This is just, I don't know. I can give you my uh, quasi-educated opinion about the Atlanta Falcons. They decided this is an absolute stone-cold rebuild year. They could have been better if they had kept Matt Ryan. They weren't going to do that. They had not let Matt Ryan be no. He was no future of the organization. So they did the right thing and actually traded to a team where he could make the playoffs this year in Indianapolis. If anything, I tip my cat to uh, Arthur Blank and his uh, employees down there in Atlanta. They're being honest and upfront in what 2022 is going to be like for their team. I'm sitting here bitching and moaning about the Eagles not being able to get a quality wide receiver. Better to be an Eagle fan these days than the Falcon fan for 2022 because they're going to stink. They're going into rebuild mode. You don't need the hassles of bringing in a diva like Baker Mayfield to go to a bridge year, to go to a tank year. So I understand where the Falcons are coming from and got no problems with signing Marcus Mariota. I just hope Marcus doesn't hit himself in the belief. Ooh, this is where I'm going to land. Yeah, I, I was more off. talking. Not just, happening. Just, I was more just looking for bad quarterbacks who are going to be starters. But you're right. I mean, people are in different uh, different stages of development. And for Atlanta, I don't know. Look, I don't think you have to tank in the NFL. I don't think it's, it's a setup. I don't think it's like the NBA. Um, you know, you know. For instance, if you're going to tank, you know, why are you worried about taking a quarterback at number eight and overdrafting a quarterback? Because right, next because year, I, yeah. I, sorry to interrupt you, but I'll just give it because, you know, I can lose my mind when I start talking about tanking with the Sixers in this town. Yeah. The Sixers tanked for four years, four, yeah. count them. one, two, three, four. In the NFL, it's a one-year process. You want to take a major step back, you better be ready to take a major step forward the next year. You can't afford to go. Well, it's going to take us some time. We're going to be bad for three years. No, that's not acceptable in the NFL. NBA, the Sixers believed it was doable, and they did it. They still haven't reaped the benefits of it yet, but they did it. Can't do that in the NFL. For one year, I think any team can tank. If you're Well, enough- they, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying there haven't been teams that have tanked. There certainly have, uh, um, you know, and some, you know, suck for Andrew Luck, for instance. Um you know, and some of it's injury related. When Peyton got injured, um, it was easy to tank. Yep. <laughs> um, and you know, then when you're in season and you start things start and go off the rails, and you say, "Ah, oh, well, let's just play the young guys." And there's a lot of ways to do about it. I'm not saying nobody has a tank. Certainly, teams have tanked in the past. Um, I'm saying you don't need to tank in the NFL, um, and you know, it's been proven time and time again. There's worse to first in this league literally every year. Every year, the Eagles went from worse to Super Bowl champions. This year, it's Cincinnati, the most logical, the most natural, uh, and they're in the Super Bowl. Um, it happens every year. Um, now, you know, when people say, well, you know, Cincinnati got Joe Burrow with the first. Yeah, uh, they did. Um, but they also did a lot of different things and shifted their philosophy, especially in free agency to, to further help their team along as well. So if you stack good decisions, um, you can, you can turn things around really, really quickly in this league. 
And you'll see it this year. I, I don't know who it's going to be, but there's going to be a worst to first somewhere. Right. Uh, but the thing about the NFL is compared to other leagues, I think, uh, agree or disagree with me on this. We basically declare tanking on quarterback decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Which is it all comes down to the QB. Yeah. And if you make a decision that a quarterback doesn't fit what you're trying to do in a given year, like Atlanta and Baker Mayfield, and you say, Yeah, give me Marcus Mariota rather than well, then yeah, I'm gonna look at that and go, they're tanking. Now it is just the one year process. If you believe that you're gonna get the quarterback, and I don't love this year's quarterback class. We talked about it earlier here in the show. Malik Willis didn't wow me yesterday. He may have wowed some other people, didn't wow me. Kenny Pickett, that already impressed me a little bit. Wowed me? No shot. That wasn't a wowing, and I don't expect Matt Corral to wow me today. So if this is the year you're doing the tanking thing Not to get good. a quarterback, it might Not be a good. mistake anyway. But you made the decision because you were moving away from Matt Ryan. Do we want to bring in a guy here who's going to help us win seven games so we are picking 12th next year? No, the Falcons said, screw it. We'll bring in Mariota. Hopefully, he at least stays upright for 17 games. And we don't care what our record is because uh, we know that it's a rebuilding year. Well, the uh, word, the, the, yeah, you got to have a, you know, and that's the best recent example is probably what I, you know, suck for luck. There was a tangible plan. You know, there was a tangible player. Trevor Lawrence would have been that type of year. Uh, uh, because he was such uh, a high-level prospect. And, you know, the Jets got some, you know what, for winning some games uh, oh, yeah. and losing and derailing out on, on the potential of Trevor Lawrence. Um, you better have a plan of that quarterback you're going after. And, you know, if you, if you draft a quarterback at number eight and you, you're going to go back next year and draft a quarterback at number one or number two, I, I you know, that – that's not a plan to me. So I think it's more of Arthur Smith being comfortable with Marcus Mariota. And I think, all right, good, good luck. Good luck, buddy. Which, oh, by the way, um, the Eagles and their draft picks for not only 2022, but 2023, a lot of speculation right here with us on birds, 365 about the Eagles trading out of the first round this year to get uh, an extra draft pick. They're not going to be the only team that's going to do that. I'm hearing things out of New York that the Giants, who have two pretty damn high picks, would not be risk-averse to trading down in the first round if they could trade down in the first and get a first-round pick on top of it into next year's draft. They'd be willing to drop down pretty significantly in the first round. Now, it's got to be the right team, the right fit. They got to love the kid. That's a very steep yeah. price to pay. But the Giants are looking to do the same thing the Eagles are, have multiple picks in the first round for next year's draft because they may need to draft a quarterback. And I think Mr. Young from Alabama and Mr. Stroud from Ohio State will be at the top of the draft next year, unlike this year's draft where we're going, hey, maybe at number eight, the Falcons are the first team to reach for a quarterback. No, no, no. We're used to the quarterbacks going one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, four. Uh, next year could be one of those years. And if the Eagles uh, want to be a team that can move up to that spot to take a quarterback, they might not be by themselves. Well, that, teams you know, look the same I, thing. I, I tell people all the time, Jody, because people are like, well, the Eagles will just trade out and get it. All right. It's easy to say that you need two teams and there's other teams, as you mentioned, 
And, you know, this is the I-95 draft, right? It's the New Jersey Turnpike draft. You got the Giants with two. You got the Jets with two. You got the Eagles with three in the first round. Uh, but those teams All of them are in up. the first 19 picks. Yeah. Not, not those, only are you talking about seven draft picks, you're talking about seven out of the top 19. Yeah. And, and the Jets and Giants are in the top 10, you know, both of them. So um, they're in even a better position to sort of, manipulate the draft board uh because generally if you like a player um now the problem for the giants and jets though would be usually when people want to go up that high it's to go get a quarterback and i don't think they're going to want to go up and get a quarterback so how much are they going to give up or an edge rusher or whoever they fall in love with and then you start having those discussions so it's not easy for anybody but for those who say, well, the Eagles will just do this and add an extra pick next year. Well, you can you can hope, but there's no guarantee of that. No guarantee at all. You can have you can have the philosophy to do that. Doesn't mean you're going to be able to execute it. But I will, and I'm 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 not happy with Howie these days because he hasn't been able to get the Eagles a legitimate veteran wide receiver. Sorry, Zach Pascal, you just don't pass mustard. He's a good blocker. Uh, he's a good blocker. I'm, I want a guy who can catch. Just crazy old me. If I'm going to get a wide receiver, give me a guy who can catch the ball downfield. Um, I will give Howie credit because I think it's been one of his strong Maybe his biggest strong suit. He plays the draft day trade game as best as maybe any other general manager in the league. So uh, we will we will give him that leading into the draft, which is now only five weeks away. All right. We'll talk draft stuff. We'll talk free agent stuff. We'll talk all Eagles stuff with our buddy Chris Franklin from NJ.com. He's scheduled to join us next here on Birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. 
go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. John McMullen, Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Uh, we get to bring in one of our faves. It's been a while, at least three weeks, I think. Uh, we got used to having him on more often during the season, so shame on us. Uh, maybe it's because he has to do more heavy lifting these days without Michael K dragging him down. I uh, it's, don't don't know exactly why we haven't had Craig <laughs> on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No. Hey, no, I love him. I'm just pointing here. I know. Come on, a little, 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 little jab left. Come on, we're all, we're all boys, we're right, all Chris? Yes. Michael Kane's not going to body slam me for he that might. comment, is he? He's you a know, big wrestling fan. So is, I'll say, yeah. We, uh, I lost my tag team partner. Um, yeah. we had to go. He went. He went to the singles route. But you know what? Picked up a new tag team partner. Yeah, uh, got, NJ. Yeah. Big news at NJ.com. Let, I don't think Jody knows. So I wanted you to 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 make the announcement. Yeah, I right here that. on Burst Three Sixty Five. Let me get into my uh, PR thing. Um, it's not every day that you get to uh, work with uh, legendary people and. Uh, Mike K was a legend as well too, but we were able to replace him and uh and, and add on Les Bowen to join us as well too and help with uh some of the stuff with the coverage as well too. So it's uh we're looking forward to this. Um we got if you want to still coach speak, we got a little bit better today and uh we're gonna move on from here. <laughs> so, so now I know who we're gonna have tomorrow morning at 8 20. We're gonna try and get Les on here. Talk about the new gig. We gotta give him his props. No, I did not know that. Thank you for informing you're replacing one legend with another. That yep. is outstanding. Uh, so uh, congrats to Lash. Good for you. Now you can go back to sloughing off. Like you yeah. right? well, can take a rest. He uh, was carrying your ass for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, no, I feel like Jalen Hurts right now. You know, I I, I got yeah. the starting spot a little bit. And then I got, you got, I have, well, I'm not calling Mike Flacco. I think he's better than Flacco, but uh, way better than Flacco. And then now I have another veteran that's coming behind as well to help me out. So it's perfect yeah. that way. And that's a better veteran than Zach Pasco, by the way. Oh, that, you know, not even Although, you know, It is, it, it, you know, I don't want to pick on Zach Pasco, Chris Franklin, but how do you not pick on Zach Pasco? What, what, I, I, look, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he's a, a solid player. What what is it about this team that they can't find a receiver? Uh, and I, you know, whisper Devontae Smith off to the side because he's the one <laughs> one guy. What they can't? There's something in the water at the Novacare Complex. They can't get Calvin Ridley. They can't get Allen Robinson to play here. They can't get Christian Kirk. Is too expensive. They can't trade for Robert Woods. And we're down to Zach Pascal, really? I think it's one of those things where I think they had a lot of eggs in that basket. So they felt confident. Hey, you know what? We got Calvin Ridley. We're we're going to make this big splash. Wait, what? Gam? Why? Like, 
why did you have to mess that parlay up? Thanks, appreciate it. And then once that happened, I think it was uh, okay. Go down to B, C, and D. And listen, I uh, we we know that they were in heavily. Well, they, they really liked Allen Robinson, and you know uh, they tried to get Robert. They really did try to get Robert Woods. But the thing, especially, is when they went and said, "Hey, Robert, you choose where you want to go." Do you want to go to a spot where you have Derrick Henry and DJ Brown and a team that was a number one seed, or do you want to go to a team that's still trying to rebuild and get to that level? And it's gotten to the point now. I think with Pascal, we know what he is. He's he's a three, four, he's a wide receiver three at best, maybe four. If they don't try to make him more than that, I'm can live with that signing. If they try to say, okay, no, he's our number two, Watkins our number three. Then you got a lot of questions. So, but All right. yeah. no, hold on a second here. <laughs> Are you telling me that the Eagles didn't get Robert Woods because Sneed, the general manager of the Rams, was still wearing his Eptos picks T-shirt, <laughs> and the <laughs> Eagles could have put a four or a five, at least a five, if not a four, on the table, and the Rams would have mm-hmm. gone, "Nah, we owe Robert Woods more than that. We'll take a." scant six from Tennessee, which, oh, by the way, Tennessee won so many games. Their sixth-round pick is uh, significantly back in the sixth round. I know we're talking about the sixth round here, but the Eagles pick in the sixth is higher than the Tennessee pick. The Eagles pick in the fifth round is certainly higher than Tennessee's sixth. That's why Robert Woods is not here, because the Rams are just that good a team that takes care of their former play. They feel bad because he didn't get to play in the Super Bowl. What the hell? Robert Woods could actually play for this team. Unless they offered a third, if it was a day two pick or above, I think they're going to say, hey, we know we love you, but nah, you're, you're going to Philadelphia. But they really, truly, from what I've heard, they really, truly liked him in the system. They really, truly thought he was a really big part of that team and more ways than one, especially off the field and holding that glue together. So they wanted to give him that respect. That's, that's um, where I was like, it's, uh, but hey. <laughs> but to me, the bigger question is, Chris, why – when these receivers have options, why are they not choosing Philadelphia? Is it the quarterback? Is it the style of offense? Um, why are bigger name receivers, if they have options, and, you know, Christian Kirk just got paid like a superstar, and he's not. Uh, so <laughs> there's always it. But Allen Robinson, you know, had options, and it's understandable why he chose to go to a Super Bowl offense with a quarterback who throws the football all over the lot and Sean McVay. But as Jody pointed out, with Robert Woods, it's a run-first offense in in Nashville. Um, Ryan Tannehill might be better than Jalen Hurts, but you could argue he's a descending quarterback and Jalen is an ascending quarterback. What is it about the Eagles right now in this snapshot that receivers don't want to play for this team. You mentioned two things. One, I think it's the uncertainty at quarterback. I mean, a lot of times you heard the rumors constantly swirling about, hey, you know, is Jalen Hurts going to be the guy? Is Are they truly trying to get Deshaun Watson? And in that un- instability, unless they – I think if you had like a top five, top – if you had a top five, top ten guy here, I think the receivers would jump at the chance to do that. I think when you look at Jalen Hurts right now and there's still some question marks around him. So question marks if he can improve to be that next tier guy. And this is why this season is so important because not only do you looking at potential, you not only play, basically you need him not only for this season, you need him for, to see if he's the guy next year and it potentially lure some more free agents in that way as well too. So 
I think you have that. I think the system a little bit as well, too. I mean, you, you when you look around at some things, I mean, the run is obviously important with this team, and that's the best way you have to basically you can basically move this ball move the ball. But when you look at around how many of the passing yards and all that stuff, you look some of the route trees and all that stuff, like they take shots once in a while, but everything's predicated off the play action pass and everything. So I wonder, I think when you look at some of these more spread offenses, the more chances you get to throw the ball around a lot. I think right now, I think that gives a lot of teams a more, if I'm a wide receiver, I'm looking around going, Hey, you know what? Maybe I want to go somewhere else as of right now compared to the Eagles. All right. TF, you made it a like generalized statement rather than, an individual Chris Franklin thinks statement in questioning Jalen Hurts and where he's at at this time. So I'm going to ask you to narrow focus a little bit more. Okay. Were you wowed by either Malik Willis and or Kenny Pickett performing outstandingly against air these last few days? <laughs> Give me a percentage chance the Eagles are going to use a first round pick on a quarterback because they are they are all correct that there is still many a question about the Eagles quarterback right now. I think it's going to be a 40% chance they take a quarterback this year. I really liked – I really – Malik Willis has grown on me more and more. And looking at the way – I like the quick release that he has. I mean, the arm the arm strength is there. I mean, it's I, – I, you'd feel comfortable seeing him throw the deep out. You'd feel comfortable throwing – seeing the, the deep ball to nine routes. I also like the fact that it's that quick release because a lot of times when you see it's not just, hey, you can look at the guy, you can look at the guy, you decipher the defense is, okay, can you get it there out of off your hand quickly with the speed of these rushers? So I really like that. And I thought he's, I think he's showing a lot of more leadership. And he's showing he's a little fun as well, too. So I don't know if he falls down. I, I, at first, I thought, like, okay, maybe he goes to 11. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets, doesn't get down to Carolina. And with Kenny Pickett, I don't know. It just seems something unnatural when it comes to his throw motion. It just seems like he pushes the ball sometimes, and that ball flutters a little bit when it goes past 30, like 40, 45 yards. And I'm I'm not really feeling comfortable with him being being a top 10 guy. I don't see him be for CBM a top 10 guy, put it that way. So serviceable, yeah, but I don't like Kitty Pickett. So it's almost like you know, it's almost like you, right now you're, you won't have an option. At, uh, I don't think you'll have an option of Malik Willis, but I like him a lot, a lot. Well, uh, the Eagles took Kenny Pickett out to dinner. How much does that mean, Brian Johnson, picking up the check for Kenny Pickett? <laughs> and uh, I also want to piggyback off that, Chris, because um, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but Jody brought up the percentage of quarterback in the Eagles going that direction with one of their first three-round picks. Has the percentage spiked that they got to go wide receiver again? with one of those picks now, because you mentioned um, if you're fine with if Zach Pascal's wide receiver three, to me, it doesn't matter if he's two or three. If you're throwing out Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, and Zach Pascal in 11 personnel, that's not helping Jalen Hurts. <laughs> not at all. That's not, not helping Jalen Hurts. So do they have to go wide receiver again in the first round? I'd basically look at Traylon Burks right now. The only way I would not is if I'm having serious discussions with the Houston Texans to see if you can pry away Brandon Cooks. That's the only guy I'd probably think. I'd seriously look at that avenue right it's now. It's time for a Cooks trade, I think. It's yeah. It's, it's, just say, when, when do we start worrying about the fact <laughs> yeah. that Brandon Cooks just played for half the national yeah. football 
It's the weirdest thing the guy produces, and he's always getting traded. It's it's bizarre. I mean, I remember the talks back in like 2013 when he's coming out, like, hey, he's going to be an Eagle. Well, maybe it's a chance. It's just a little bit delayed on that one, too. But I take I think, him. Right now. Yeah, I take him. Eight I years later, too. he becomes an Eagle. I, I'd be okay. I, I, anything better than uh, Zach Pascal. All right. Um, of course, we Zach know Pascal. this trend. We haven't had you on, Chris, as I said, a couple of weeks. This came down last week. The Eagles did some fancy maneuvering legwork and got Fletcher Cox back on the team after releasing him, rolling the dice a little bit. There's a team out there that just loves him, could have scooped him up, given him more money than the Eagles did. So they had a good feel for it. Uh, good on Howie that he read the room right and got the deal done. But you are now unquestionably in a year-to-year situation with Fletcher Cox. There are some really good defensive tackles in this draft. We've been talking about, oh, they need an edge pass rush. That's where they're on edge pass rush. Will they, ooh, go linebacker? Well, we know they could use an upgraded cornerback or safety. Are we going to move back into the defensive tackle conversation as well? Because the Eagles, if we go by track record, they always go interior first. Offensive line, defensive line. Are we actually going to be talking about a DT being selected by the Eagles in the first round? I think it's highly possible. I think that Ojabu injury really, really shook things up. I really believe that because I think he was a guy who he fits that mold that the Eagles type to like a quick ru- edge rusher. And besides, you know, you need another Michigan defensive end. You know, with Brandon Graham getting old, but you need to make. Sure. But I think looking over, I like the guy who I would love to see, but I don't. I think he's going to be picked up. I don't know, like the Vikings. My else, Jordan Davis. I think he fits like to get a really big guy in there who can shows the quickness to really push the interior. You pair him up with a Javon Hargrave or even say, if they decide to go Milton Williams and, and Davis in the middle, that just eats up. That takes a lot of those interior linemen, a lot of those guards. I think he's quickness. He's got to put a lot of those a pressure on here and then he opens up things for your edge. So he's a guy I like Wyatt. as another guy I like, but I mean, heck, if they decide to trade down, they get that number. The other guy I like is the Marvin Leo. And they decide to trade down and somewhat get that first round pick. They pick up for 2023 and they get down, they move down far enough. I wouldn't mind seeing Leo being in here as well, too. I think he's another quick guy who would fit this and he gives that versatility of playing defensive tackle, defensive end. But I think the likelihood with Jabo's going there, I think is, is shot up a lot. Yeah, I was going to ask you about a, a Jabo, Chris, because that's a guy I've heard the Eagles had significant interest in. So when a guy like that goes down at his pro day, obviously he's not in the mix to be a first round pick now. You start thinking about, a value pick in the second round if he falls that far. The Eagles went this route with Sidney Jones. If you and it didn't work out for him, if you get a player you like at say fifteen and he's there at fifty one, do you do you jump at David Ajaba? I don't think he falls that far. I I still think there's an outside chance he goes in the first like late really? first round. I think there's some teams that are enamored, especially a team like Tampa Bay or something like that where. They not they have a win now. They have a really veteran crew, a, vet, a veteran team. So and you don't necessarily need them right away. So you go ahead and you stash yeah. them, let them recover, and then you all of a sudden you got a guy who was top fifteen value down there. I think he still goes in the first. But if he's sitting there, say say you're entering that Friday, you mean you got ten picks? If you can give up, let's see, I don't know if see, if you want to give up one of those fifths and like say another pick next year to get a guy like that. I'm for it and just stash him and let them recover. All right, how really about, uh, then I'll say this. How about dropping down? We talk about the Eagles and 
salary cap space. Jody and I were talking about, you know, how over the cap does effective salary cap space because they're factoring budgeting for the rookie class and the Eagles. If they take those three first round picks, that's a significant chunk of the salary cap. Uh, If you got three first rounders on the books, what about dropping out of the first round to maybe early in the second round and getting a value there? somebody like Ojabo uh, drips a little bit. It, could that be part of the strategy? I think it, it's possible. I think if you got, if you went into this draft and say, hey, you know what, I got Jordan Davis, Traylon Burks, Lloyd's gone by the time, like, say, 17 and 18, and you still got that pick, you move back, and you uh, say, hey, you know what, who needs a quarterback still? Like, who wants to get, like, a Carson Strong or who wants to get potentially Matt Coral if he, if he drops that far? Okay, you want to go move up to 19? Okay, give us a first-round pick. And then you still get a job. I think that's a win, a big win, because then you get the flexibility for next year in case uh, Jalen Hurts doesn't work out. Now you have two first-round picks again, and you can dangle that with a 2024 first-round picks. And, hey, you got a franchise quarterback for You know somebody's going to want out, given all the other quarterbacks that wants out again, so it puts you in a good position. So something like that, yeah, I'm, I'd be all for, for that. All right, here's a question you might not have been asked recently and or contemplated. Uh, a lot of people are talking up the AFC West. You get Russell Wilson added to the mix in Denver. That's a major upgrade. The Chargers go out and get Khalil Mack and add C.J. Jackson to Herbert and keep Mike Williams. Damn, that's good. The Raiders go out and get a pass-rushing defensive end from Arizona. And, oh, by the way, add the best wide receiver in the National Football League. And the Chiefs they got the Cooper Chiefs. Cup? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Cooper, had, Cooper had the best year. Yeah. Now, Devontae. If I can only pick I one player to go forward with next year, yes, I'm still thinking Devontae Adams. I had a Cooper Cup. That's just me. Well, <laughs> call, call me an idiot if you want. Um, but the point I was attempting to make was that man, the AFC West is so improved. That's got to be the best division in football. What's the worst division in football? <laughs> we're in it right now yeah, exactly right thank you very we're much that, right that's what i have to keep falling back to when the eagles are doing minimal things at best i have to get to hey yeah but the cowboys are getting even more worse than the eagles are the giants have done diddly squad and carson wentz is the quarterback of the commanders we're still in good shape in the a and the a nfc east the nfc east and the afc south they're uh See, it's, it's going to be real interesting because they get to play each other next year. So they're really going to do that. And and how about the AFC, the Eagles not having to play the AFC West this year and they haven't taken it out that schedule last year because that's that's murderer's row. Yeah. But overall, when you just look at just the quarterback play that you, the quarterbacks that you have in this division, you have Jalen Hurts. Nobody knows what he's going to do in the future. He's still too many questions. Dak Prescott, he's good, but I don't know if you can really truly win a Super Bowl with that guy. Carson Wentz, insert past three four years on that one and then you got a uh, daniel jones you know where all he seems to do is run against the eagles and after that anybody else good luck <laughs> it's it's just it's one of those really it's just a milk to, for lack of a better word it's a really milk toast division that whoever wins like i can only see i really only see like one team really getting out next year be winning the playoffs and that's whoever wins the division there's only going to be one team that comes out of the NFC East. Now, crazy. Chris, there is a positive to what Jody just described. You talked about the mur- murderer's row in the AFC West. The NFC, well, Aaron Rodgers is back. Tom Brady's back. So, And you have the Super Bowl champions. 
after that, it's wide open. It, it's AAA football. I think there's going to be teams in Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, and Reading. It, it's an awful conference. It, it is ripe for a run by somebody. Why not the Philadelphia Eagles in this stinking conference where the two guys who are at the top are great, arguably the best quarterback of all time, and then another top five quarterback, but they're also 150 years old, so who knows? And as Jody mentioned, no Devontae Adams in Green Bay now. Uh, Green Bay, uh, Tampa Bay's lost some of their offensive linemen, lost Alex Kappa. They lost, uh, who else did they Mark lose? Into, uh, uh, Ali Marpet retired. Um, there's, you know, in the AFC, you got to be worried about all these, you know, how do we get past this? How do we get past this? Tennessee was the number one seed. I saw somebody said they got to retool. They can't compete. Here in the <laughs> NFC, Everybody can compete. So why not the Eagles? Because I look when they match up, I still think they match up. The Saints still give them problems. I know that when if they play them here, they they look Oof. like a great team, Oof. but the Saints, I, I still that's bad for it. Uh Tampa Bay, I mean you can't count as much as I I went against Tom Brady and in that wild card range, you still really can't you can't uh count them out. And you look at some of those West, I still think San Fran, Kyle Shanahan, the way he the way he seems to get that for the 49ers for I still can't. But I think the NFC West, and I wouldn't be surprised if – here's one. I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago looks a little bit better. Mm. A little bit. Not saying they're that one, but it's that. But this – you're right, it's bad, but I wonder how much they bet. I think everybody – there's when it comes to these, like, intermediate teams, those mid-level teams, how much they beat each other up. And I don't know if they're all – the Eagles are at that point where they say, hey, you know what? They're beyond the seventh seed because right now – I think they're seven. They're like an eight, seven, eight team again. It's let me let me propose a name. John and I have been talking so much about wide receivers and me beating up on Zach Pascal more than anything else. Um, but there is still one talented wide receiver out there, and I talked to two different people from Cleveland over the weekend, and they got the Deshaun Watson thing done. And they, uh, what else did they, oh, well, Amari Cooper, he did his contract so they could clear up some cap room. The word is they're, they're trying, they're angling to try and get Jarvis Landry back there. And I think with uh, putting Deshaun Watson in over Baker Mayfield, that that might entice uh, Landry to come back, even though he can't be happy about the fact that they released him. I'm a Jarvis Landry fan. I think he's a legit well above average, might not be a star, but just one rung level less than that. The market is going to be what it's going to be, but we're seeing teams paying less for a lot of people, like the Eagles, Zach Pascal. Um, is Jarvis Landry to Philadelphia a chance, or is it going to be another one where after the fact I start to bemoan it, John's going to go, hey, people just don't want to come to Philadelphia because they don't throw the football enough. And Jalen Hurts is still a question marks in people's minds. Like Chris Franklin said, tell me they're going to get a guy like Jarvis Landry, Chris Franklin. I wouldn't mind Landry. Cause I think, like you said, I think he's a good wide receiver too. I think when OBJ went out and you really saw like it really, the onus, the offense being the onus on the offense being on him with Cleveland, it wasn't as dynamic as when he, he needs another really good wide receiver. So if you pair him up with Devonta Smith, I think he all right. Another name that I'd really think seriously consider as well too, is Julio Jones. 
he's not the Julio Jones we remember with the Falcons. He's not the guy who is going to be, you know, he's that that all pro type guy. But I think he's one of like somebody who will instantly come in. He's that bigger receiver they really truly need. I think especially in the red zone. He's a Hall of Fame receiver. You know, it's interesting because uh, Ed Kratz texted me yesterday. What about Julio? And I just texted back and I, I said I don't want to be dramatic, but uh, I think Julio Jones would rather shoot himself in the face than play in this offense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it ain't gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. You gonna start saying, "Oh, I retire." Wait, Eagle, yeah. Philly wants to call you. I'm retiring. I'm John, done. quick question for you: <laughs> uh, When exactly is Devonta Smith gonna request a trade? Because that uh, might happen quick, but uh, in, in a quicker fashion. Unless <laughs> things mackerel. change. Unless this, things this change. This offense is this bad because and disrespected. If, around if, the league that, that that wide receivers would rather shoot themselves than come well, play here? I was being dramatic. It was a joke. It's a great line from a movie. I love the line, so I had a chance to use it. Um, Jarvis Landry, um, you brought up. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, Jody. I mean, the Browns are thinking, okay, we can get the guy back because he'll get to play with Deshaun Watson. This is what receivers think about and and you're right, Chris. Julio Jones is the Julio Jones of, of you know, past. He's one of the great receivers of all time. Um, but he's got that mindset, and he's not going to come in here and play that offense. I mean, I, I, look, you never say never. Obviously, I was making a joke. But he's not coming here to block. Zach Pascal's coming here to block. That's true. That's true. I, I mean – this Don't, is forget Julio Jones. <laughs> Don't forget Jay Jones. Don't forget Jay Jaw. You know, he, he's one of the best blocking uh, wide receivers yeah, in, in the league. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so why do you need Zach Pascal? Pretty soon, all you need now is Jordan Matthews to come in. You got yourself a really good, uh, all of a sudden, it's quasi 14 person. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, look, I think the Eagles need to change their reputation to be in the conversation with receivers who have to make decisions. And by the way, I give the Eagles credit. For going on the trade market, because that's where they have to go. So, you know, if they traded for Calvin Ridley, we wouldn't be having this conversation. If they were able to trade for Robert Woods, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Um, You brought up Brandon Cooks earlier. I think they got to go the trade route. Is there, I I mean, if a wide receiver has an option, you're not coming to Philadelphia right now. Am I being too harsh? No, I think it's it's on point right now because, and, and I know we're talking about the wide receivers, but when you look at the running game, you don't know who's going to be here next year too. If so, you got somebody under contract for two, three years. It's say if you get like say if you bring Cooks, then and you really there's so much stuff. There's so many question marks. This team is so in flux with it's so many key positions right now. There's so much uncertainty. You don't know. We could be looking at a whole new offense next year and a whole new offense the following year and a whole new offense that way. I know Nick has said in the past, well, I can we. Well, his brother had won in different systems. I think yeah. at this point, you're almost at that point now with this Eagles team. You you don't know because you may have so many guys leaving going. But when you look at the wide receiver, that's the only way you're going to get somebody enforced and say, "All right, fine. You want to sit out the rest of the year? Fine. We just won't pay you that way." But the trade market, I think, is going to be the, the only way to get an impact guy. Because looking right now at the at the remaining wide receivers, besides Landry and Jones, ugh, good luck. <laughs> All right, luck. we're uh, going to finish up with. Jody McDonald's favorite thing in the whole world, a hypothetical situation. (laughs) And I am going to pose it to both John McMullen and and Chris Franklin. Let's say the Eagles 
have a conversation with the Carolina Panthers that they don't like any of the quarterback. Now I got that quarterback in the first round and they're sitting there and they've got uh, a couple of quarterbacks that they just don't think can win for them, including my guy, Sam Darnold wrong about that one. Um, and I think at one time there was a rumor floating out there that they actually liked Gardner Minshew, that you could get a pick for Gardner, a higher pick than you had for Gardner Minshew. And if they knew that they could move him to Carolina and certain pieces would have to fall into play in succession for this to happen. But you've got that in your back pocket. You can turn around and trade Gardner Minshew and how he can look good because you can get a better pick than what he gave up for Gardner. And the Cleveland Browns release Baker Mayfield. Can't trade him anywhere. What is it that Carolina and uh, Baker Mayfield have going? These Mutual days, disinterest. <laughs> Mutual disinterest. I, I say love the that 31 other teams. I have mutual disinterest. I don't like you. I don't like you either. Yeah. Fine, the we 31 agree. other teams <laughs> fall into that same category as far as trading for Baker Mayfield goes. And Cleveland desperately wants to get Jarvis Landry back. And they got to clear some cap room to get it. So the only way they can do it is releasing Baker Mayfield. If that were the case, should the Eagles trade Gardner Minshew and bring Baker Mayfield in to back up Jalen Hurts? Oh, oh, oh. The reporter in me would love it just for the number of storylines yeah. that would come out of that. I would love it. I would, would love a team, it. Yeah, I apologize for this. Hell no. John was, that was right <laughs> earlier for Baker Mayfield. I would try to put Baker in his place <laughs> and his talk above and beyond his game. Uh, but I'm just wondering, what would you think about Baker as a backup quarterback or a competitor for the starting oh, job he'd be here? A, he, if you he, think he's good enough. He'd be a competitor. Mm-hmm. I think he'd win the job, to be honest. Okay. Um, and then the Eagles, and Chris is right, they want no – part of that no part nor should they um nor should they and i would not advocate that look there were some thoughts that maybe somebody would offer uh, a pretty good pick for gardner Minshew if if there was no other options for a bridge quarterback uh and it looks like everything is pretty much um cleared up with the exception of carolina and seattle um is there another team I'm missing? No, um, that's it. No, it's 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 just dried if, up quickly. If, if yeah. you believe Marcus Mariota is going to be the starting quarterback for Atlanta, yeah. which I yeah, do. well they already got their bridge quarterback, so they made their decision. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd rather stick with Sam Darnold from Carolina if I'm going to then trade for Gardner Minshew and True Lock. Uh, you might as well stick oh. with him. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> But I, I think Gardner Minshew is a great backup. I think he's a top-five backup. He doesn't make any money. I don't know why the Eagles would want to trade him, to be honest. Right, just to look good because they could move up a couple of rounds from where they yeah. traded him. And just imagine right, Chris Franklin, heard- the next big Eagle acquisition that you'll be writing about for NJ.com is who? With the 15th pick in the NFL oh, draft. Nothing. <laughs> five weeks ago, Franklin, five weeks. You're next... telling me they get nothing done? Our, maybe our definitions are big or are different. Okay. But, yeah, that yeah. one, I don't foresee them getting any big-name free agents. It, it, their chance no. bypass. In L- well, you know what? I'll say this. The Eagles trade a fourth-round pick to the Houston Texans for Brandon Cooks. I think that's that's the biggest one. I'd there we go. For. I like that. If they like get that. him for a fourth, I'll do take that, that. Okay. I'll take that. Okay. At C. Franklin News, <laughs> NJ.com. Join now at NJ.com. 
by Les Bowen, the legendary Les Bowen. And he's a legend to us, Chris Franklin. Legend. You're already a legend. Oh, Certainly better dynamic. than Mike J. Certainly better than Mike oh, Dynamic <laughs> we duo. Love, we love Franklin Mike. and we Bowen. Like yeah, that, I like it. Yeah, I'm, a proud, I'm a proud NJ.com reader today here in uh, the Great Garden State. Yeah. Uh, Chris, good stuff. You know, we'll be getting you back before the Eagles make their next big move, which is with the 16th pick of the draft. You better be wrong. <laughs> I've been wrong before. I hope so. Well, before that pick comes down. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate Thank you guys it. so much. Have a good one. Chris Franklin. Nice, uh, some yucks with Franklin today. I, I, I enjoyed that yucks. greatly. Uh, yeah. And I apologize to Michael. Mike. Mike. Oh, Mike. Mike, Mike, knows, Mike knows we love him. I went too far with my Julio Jones joke, evidently. I love that line. I love that line. Oh, man, you got me with that one. Um, And, again, it just goes to point out that the Eagles are in a bad, bad way with trying to get free agent wide receivers. I know I'm swimming upstream with Jarvis Landry, but I'm still holding out hope that that can happen here in Philadelphia. All right. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. That makes us Mac and Mac. That makes this Birds 365, we're back to put a bow on the show next. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
right, guys. McMullen and McDonald uh, putting a wrap to the show here today on a uh, midweek. Eagles have no new news. Don't hold your breath because they can't get a wide receiver, Joe. They'd rather shoot themselves in the face <laughs> than actually come here to play wide receiver in this Eagles system and for this quarterback. But we're still pumped up about the Eagles. I didn't say because of the quarterback. Uh, if people are going to you see, you're going to get people mad at me. All right. Well, I, I apologize if I interpreted too much. Please tell us why wide receivers would rather shoot themselves in the face than become Philadelphia Eagles. Well, I, and by, I, I, I don't want to take any credit for it. I don't want to misdirect anyone. John McMullen, please explain why self face shooting is an option over becoming an Eagle. I am, and by the way, I don't, I, I don't think the Eagles would want Julio Jones either. So yeah, Frankel was overrating Julio Jones. I think yeah, he's thirty. He's thirty three years old. He's not. I, I don't think the Eagles would want him either. Um, just from his, you know, that's a Hall of Fame player. Just from his mentality, I don't. I don't think he would want to play. I think it's a combat. It's a toxic cocktail of a number of things, and it starts with the way the Eagles currently play offense. Again. And I know you brought this up. They only did it for half a season. You can change it really quickly. You can change the the that that sentiment around the league really quickly by just changing the offense and proving you can go in a different direction. But you got to do it until you do it. People are going to say, "Oh, there, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to play that way. I, I, I want traffic. That's what receivers want. They want traffic. They want targets. They want touches. And and the high level receivers." If they have options, they're going to go somewhere where they're going to, they know they're going to get the football. That's all I mean. I probably went too far <laughs> as Maybe we are in have, this world. I, I, see. I appreciate the laugh, Johnny Mac. Thank you very much. Yeah. I, 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 you know, people take everything so seriously. I like comedians. I like to make jokes. It's not the end of the world. Uh, but, you know, people get upset about things. So uh, feel free to get upset. But, that that cocktail of, of the way the Eagles play offense, they have to change it. If they want to go out there and compete for guys who have options. And that's why I think the trade market, they made a prudent decision. That was the what they wanted to do. That was what they tried to do. That was the way to get better. But they weren't able to pull it off. All right. Uh, you, you, you got a better grasp on this than me. I know it's widely reported. Um, that the Eagles took Kenny Pickett out to dinner after his they yeah. picked up the Picking tab up the for his check. post-game dinner. Who was at Liberty yesterday watching Malik Willis from the Philadelphia Eagles? And do we know who will be in the house today or will there be anyone in the house today for Matt Corral's I, I I didn't get it. I assume it's Brian Johnson. I mean, it seems to be what they're doing. Um, and the court, you know, he was the one out in pit with Kenny Pickett. I didn't see it confirmed. I didn't talk to anybody. Maybe I'll text Jim Nagy. He knows all that stuff. Um, I assume he was uh, at Malik Willis's, and he'll probably be. That's probably his week, just going from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback. And I think Desmond Ritter's this week as well. I think his pro day is this week. And then Sam Howell is later March late March, March 28th, maybe somewhere. And those are probably your top five quarterbacks. He'll probably take a look at all of them. You just want to be 
Not that necessarily the Eagles are going to take him, but in fact, I think the more likely scenario, Jody, is they want to convince. I think most people are starting to think Willis is going to be the first quarterback off the board, and that probably be top ten. Um, I think they want to convince somebody to come up for that second quarterback, which is likely Kenny Pickett, and maybe trade down or trade out. I think maybe that's what the Eagles are trying to do with the quarterback. Yeah, but see, here's here's where, and I I did I not sing how he's praises of playing the let's make a deal draft day game board better yeah. than anyone else. Here's where it doesn't work for me with you're laying out there right now. You show interest in the quarterback that you don't really have interest in to entice someone to trade up for. No, you know what you're going to entice them to do? Trade up ahead of you. And then you're not going to be able to get the benefit of trading down. And if the team really does believe that you like the quarterback, well, then why would you trade the pick? It's BS that they like the quarterback. They just want our pick. That's what they're there for. Well, no, it's just. Maybe I'm thinking too many steps ahead. Well, I think it's more of a. wouldn't affect me at all. It's more of a signal of, of, um, it's more of a signal of getting the intel on the quarterback and who's interested in the quarterback and making it aware that we don't want to take a quarterback, but if you want to go go up and get this quarterback, we're willing to talk about it. So maybe oh, they so know when, when they, they know you got to jump ahead a certain team, and we're willing to to move our pick. Would be my guess. So you're telling me when uh, the Eagles coach went out with Kenny Pickett the other night, they talked about all the other teams that Kenny Pickett was getting interest from. Yeah, we're p- picking up the tent tonight. But if we didn't, who would pick it up for you? No, who do Eagles, you really believe no, you're landing with? The, the Eagles pick up the tab because, and this is, we talk about them being a good organization. They pick up the tab because of the, that's an overblown nonsense. They pick up the tab because they like to do stuff like that. And that's where we said... You asked me yesterday, are the Eagles well-regarded around the league? Yes, they are well-regarded around the league because of little stuff like that. It's not about a signal. And I said, I put on Twitter, people are going to make a big deal out of this. This is just business as usual for the Eagles. Um, It's not about we're taking out Kenny Pickett to indicate we're interested. Now, people will go back to Carson Wentz and say, well, they did it with Carson Wentz. No. Everybody was there with Carson Wentz, Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, uh, Doug Peterson, um, everybody. There were like five. Uh, uh, was it Joe Joe Douglas? That was Joe there? And either way, there were like five people at that dinner. This was just Brian Johnson. Um, it's a big difference. Um, it wasn't an indication. Hey, we're interested about Kenny Pickett. You better go up above us. I, I just think it's the typical due diligence of everything they'll look at it they had jason michael at the uh, iowa state pro day yesterday the tight ends coach to look at the tight end from iowa state i mean that's just what they do it's good to know that uh, despite the fact that julio jones would rather shoot himself in the face than become a philadelphia eagle they are still thought of as a class organization across the national football league for every position except wide receiver. That's good to know. Right now, snapshot. Everything's different. Jody, it's fluid. You know that. Everything's different. People don't want to – wide receivers don't want to come here for obvious reasons. I think it's obvious. Is it not obvious? It's – 
I, I can't just deny it and say, no, you're wrong, John McMullen, but I'm hoping that you're just overstating it slightly. No, I overstated the, it. Specifically with the, the shoot him in his face yeah. aspect of it. Yeah, I overstated you're... it with that. But uh, as a I, whole, uh, but it doesn't mean defensive tackle, cornerback. It doesn't mean every position. It means one position. And that it's a position of need, despite the Zach Pascal signing in yours truly's humble opinion. I right, uh, listen, we ran a little long today. And oh, by the way, we didn't even get all our breaks in today. You know what that means? You and I talk too much. That's we, true. We only have four breaks, and we, we only got I the do. three of them today. So we're going to have yeah. a little extra breakage tomorrow in the show. Uh, you want to program the show right now on the air? Do you want to call Les Bowen or do I? I had no idea it was going to land with NJ.com. I had no idea either. I just uh, woke up this morning. I checked Twitter and I saw uh, a tweet from Chris uh, about, and then Les uh, wrote a column. So he's off and running. Okay. I Um, didn't see it. Didn't know it. Uh, Shame on me. Uh, Yeah. I was going to, I was going to mention it early, but I wanted Chris to announce it. So you're you're a good man, John McMullen. Um, and uh, yeah, on Twitter, I didn't catch any wide receivers shooting themselves in the face. So I was good with it. I didn't I'm never going to live that one down. Ever. Oh no. I'm going to be harping on that I'm one for a gonna. while. All right. Uh, Mack, let's do this tomorrow again in 22 hours. Who we got? We got somebody already booked in for tomorrow. I forget who it is. I forget. Um, for the, the late uh, aspect of it. Oh, nine, Glenn Mack now. You're buying. Oh, Mack now's in if he can. Um, yeah. he's, he should be able to do it. Mac now's in tomorrow. That'd be a good duo. Mac now and, uh, let's go. Yeah. if we can get them both, um, should be fun. All right. Uh, partner, I will see you in two and two. Is that cool? Yeah. A little bit less than that. We're running long. All right. Thanks everybody. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.